Hello, everybody. Um, I'm not sure if it's afternoon or morning where we're listening to this, but welcome back. It's been a long time since this podcast. It kind of, it's got long COVID. So um, it's been out 18 months, but we're back. And um, I am super happy. Uh, we got someone great. This is great. This was this book was like one of our COVID reads of the year um, over the last year. And I'm so happy to have with me Tori London. Am I saying that right? Is that right, Tori? Uh, actually, it's, you pronounced it correctly, but I usually go by the Canadianized version of it, which is London. London? But in okay. Norwegian, it's more London. Is it, it's a Norwegian thing? Yes. Okay. And uh, Tori self-published this book, I think back in, if I'm looking on the inside cover, um, oh, it just says 2021, but you said February? Did you say February? Somewhere? Yeah, it came out in, yeah, February 2021. And one of my students gave it to me and just, it's called How Not to Teach Yoga. And uh, I instantly bought it on the uh, J Jeff Bezos monster thing. And it's printed <laughs> like two miles from me in the Amazon monster depot and oh. delivered the next day. Uh, there, there was actually a big debate internally over that. It's like, oh, do I, I don't want to give Jeff Bezos <laughs> money, but he has the best self-publishing platform. Yeah. So you can also just, you can buy it through other distributors now that don't give any money to Jeff Bezos, but also sometimes we do what we got to do. Yeah. Right? He's going to space. So, yeah. uh, so, uh, and the extended title is Lessons on Boundaries, Accountability, and Vulnerability Learned the Hard Way. And uh, yeah, uh, I mean, as, as that's just such a good title anyway, because I'm so often asked, like, how can I not do this the hard way? And Tori's, Tori's you know, she's done it. She's taken a couple of left turns, uh, then a couple of probably too many backbends. Um, <laughs> And she says after two and a half decades of spiritual searching, uh, she sums it up as just be kind and maybe try <laughs> therapy. So she obviously has a sense of humor. And um, uh, she's Canadian, which is interesting, like an angry Canadian. So um, I didn't think they existed. Uh, but maybe she's, maybe she's only angry in her books. I don't know. We're about to find out. Uh, so it feels welcome. like you're baiting me a little bit. Am I baiting you? <laughs> welcome to the uh, Mortal Yogi podcast, Tori. It's great to have you. Um, so you're in Canada, huh? Yes, I am. And uh, I'm not sure when this will come out, but uh, for those of us who might be listening in um, my home province of Alberta, uh, it's the first snowstorm of the season here. So I'm sitting here holed up, kind of like wrapped with a blanket around my lower half drinking my third cup of coffee and, and kind How of far Canadian um, Thanksgiving's first, right? Is that close? Yeah, no, that was um, about a month ago. Oh, you did it already? Yeah, we've oh. already given thanks. We're way beyond that now. As always, you liberal Canadians just ahead of the curve. <laughs> so, Tori, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so this is, we talk yoga broadly speaking here tell us a little bit about your your background and how you how you got to doing yoga and then what happened yeah for sure um well first of all, just thank you so much for having me it's an absolute pleasure um I started doing yoga when I was I was 19 or 20 it was around like just kind of around 2001 Mm -hmm. And uh, I was working on my, my social work undergrad and had just gotten back from a rugby tour in Wales with um, severe back pain and a right knee that was missing some connective tissue. So, <laughs> and being the, the poor student that I was, I couldn't really afford a chiropractor or anything, but I had this very cheap membership to the uh, YMCA where they offered uh, a free yoga class on Tuesday nights, which for anyone else who who got their start in these very kind of accessible community yoga classes, um, it was like taught in like the one spare room they had with like the 
the carpet that had been there since like 1972 and the the complimentary mm. yoga mats that I think had also been there since <laughs> 1972 and it was it was kind of before yoga became almost like the, the behemoth that it is now mm. so it was just like this this chilled out kind of older hippie lady being like yeah let's lay in this position let's do that your body's great hey like it's mm. and it was just so different from the world I came from of well obviously <laughs> like rugby where it's just I got rewarded for beating myself up and honestly like not actually caring what happened to my physical self and then yeah. in, in you have cauliflower work, ears if you stop playing you have cauliflower ears or if you stop I stopped before I got the cauliflower ears I, well I got my fourth concussion and decided <laughs> I think I'm done with this <laughs> I was going um, to stop yeah, right. So I don't think my body can handle this long term. Um, and uh, yeah, did, so and I, so did you? You didn't stay in the YMC for a forever, I'm guessing. No, I, it was funny. One of those classic experiences. Like this is amazing. I'm going to do this every week, and then I didn't go back for another five months. <laughs> because you know, like temporarily, I felt better, but then like my back and my knees. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, right. That's, yeah. I was 100 go to yoga when those. you're not feeling good. Yeah, I remember those yeah. ones, those days. And for the first, I think maybe three years that I practiced, it was kind of wherever I had a gym membership. Mm. If they offered something yoga ish, I would go. So for a while, I was doing more like it was kind of this Pilates yoga Tai Chi hybrid thing. Mm. And then for a while, it was. I didn't know it at the time, but very much like an Iyengar practice. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of whatever I could take. And in some cases, I didn't even necessarily enjoy doing it. Like I, Iyengar was not my thing, but my knees and back didn't hurt. So I just kept going. So it's like, this is the one thing I can do that means like I, I can walk and sit. So I just kept going. And then eventually I ended up, usually in the truth of it, um, I started going, I think it was the YMCA again with classes with this teacher who I thought was like super hot. And he also taught at a yoga studio. So it's like, ooh, I'm going to go to the yoga studio. <laughs> yeah, I remember those classes choices as well. <laughs> yeah. And then it was at this studio, which was just actually this very like lovely little grassroots um just everyone welcome very low key where it was like where I really got introduced to the whole other side of yoga where it's like oh I can do this not just because like my knees don't hurt but also as this way of actually connecting to my physical body and my physical self in this way that I didn't know was possible and is actually kind of like positive and appreciative and oh my this is even a thing that you can do like, oh my God. And yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. And then I joke that it just slowly took over my life. <laughs> this is, I, I resonates with so many people have been in and then, and here you are. And well, when did it become to get, when do you remember those days when it began to get really kind of serious or cross over from a hobby into, did you go, did you go into like, this is every day, a lot of Yeah, oh, 100%. I finally, it's been, I think for the first, especially like 10 years I practiced, it was this back and forth between yoga being this thing that was almost a, a counter to the way mm -hmm. I'd been conditioned to move through society in this body. And then it would kind of slide into like yoga becoming another thing that I was trying to do right. Right. That's no matter what like I what I was practicing, like it was really prevalent in my Ashtanga days, but I think like you can do it with anything. Mm. And they'd be like, oh no, wait, this isn't what I loved about yoga. This isn't what I need from yoga. This isn't even what yoga is about. So then trying to come back to that place of it being more, okay, so what's, actually grounding this in a way that isn't 
feeding into what actually doesn't serve me? Like, how do I make yoga the balance to everything else that's like pulling me in this more like left brain, binary, get it right way of life. And it was, it's just been this constant kind of back and forth. Like even my yin practice for a little while <laughs> got very like, okay, like I, I need to do this right. <laughs> This, I remember these times, like somebody, my first teacher training, someone came up to me who I'd been practicing with and they said, are you sure you want to do a teacher training? Um, and I said, well, yeah, it's, you know, I like the teacher. Um, I like everyone who's in the classes all the time. And they said, yeah, but if you do a teacher training, your relationship with yoga is going to totally change. It's going to become just like you were saying, that kind of innocent kind of you don't pull back the curtain. It's just, oh, they're amazing. And the, I had a, quite a guru-y teacher at the mm. time. And it was, it was, it was, uh, it was like, um, you know, it was like Pokemon or uh, Hello Kitty yoga at the time. It felt, I felt fuzzy and warm and, and we were having a good time. And um, that certainly, there's a moment, isn't there, where uh, not always, but often we can, it just becomes serious all of a sudden mm -hmm. and when with seriousness comes like uh stuff's gotta happen and things have got to move forward and it becomes rights and wrongs and goods and bads and it just gets way more complicated i think that's when it happened in my teacher training do you remember that when you sound like you started off similar yeah you know? i really like how you put about pulling back the veil where it's like oh there's there's way more to this so there is that wonderful opportunity to, to deepen our understanding. But then, yeah, you say it's so easy to get serious with that. And maybe it's a bit almost kind of like a, that, I wouldn't say it's the born again phase. It's almost like the, when we actually commit to, commit to it mm. as more than just like a hobby or a feel good or, you know, kind of this, it's a, maybe it's part of the maturing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, you know, maybe we have to go through that kind of serious phase to appreciate being a bit more puberty. irreverent later on. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like it's, it's like you say, or um, you said about learning things the hard way. I, I do think sometimes like we just, we have to go through it ourselves in order to actually appreciate the lesson. Mm. Which, I mean, so it's you... unfortunate and uncomfortable, but I think <laughs> but <laughs> it's often, way, I think it's yeah. one of those truths of life. Yeah. I mean, so you, you get into, you start practicing, did you, is you an Ashtangi at that time? Is that what you were doing? Yeah, I mean, I've had over the last 20 years, like quite a few different incarnations as a practitioner, I guess you could say. I think a lot of that was just being curious, but also like kind of tinged with this want to be like, well, maybe this is the thing. Well, mm. is this the thing that will solve life? Is ah. this the thing that will solve my body? Is this the thing that will make me thin? Which, being honest, like, I mean, it, it for some of us can be a, yeah. a huge influence in the back of our head is like this idea of what our bodies should be. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've gone from like kind of your standard Hatha to Iyengar influenced to um, for quite a few years, um, it was, I practiced a combination of Ashtanga and Yin um, to being very yoga works influenced. Um, mm -hmm. My first teacher training was in North Indian uh, Hatha yoga. Wow. I, I think so, I've heard of something like that. That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> it's very energetic. We're we talking like anaphoristy kind of stuff. Uh, I did have an anaphorist phase. Me too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which, I mean, for me, I loved the idea that it was, a lot of it was around like trauma and body awareness, but in this way that was almost way more strengthening than just. Turn your shit to fertilize. Yeah. 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 And I, I really, I mean, without giving free hall passes to everyone in yoga, because I do believe in accountability, I do think everything has something good to offer. Like there's a reason asana practice is so diverse because there's just so many different ways it can go which i think is actually wonderful like i i've really given up on the idea of 
that there needs to be any one thing or any one system, which I mean, is a, is a lovely idea. And it would be so nice. Like I, I loved getting on my mat when I was doing Ashtanga and I knew exactly what I was going to do every day. Um, and then, you know, my, my medial hamstring just kind of went, <laughs> and this, gave up. well, I, if we almost put it like the life of a yogi, so you have kind of your, you know, your kindergarten years where everybody's yeah. hot and amazing and fluffy and yeah. wonderful. And then teenage puberty happens, your hips change, your hormones change. You make some choices, like I'm going to do that teacher training or that teacher training. Mm -hmm. And then you start to see my teacher, you know, just essentially, you know, just keep going. And yay, we're Anasara, if you've heard of Anasara Yoga. Oh, yes. Backbend everything and life will just be amazing. And that blew up pretty. Sparkly fingers, sparkly toes. Yeah. Every sparkly everything. And um, that blew up. That really blew up. And um, if anyone. It was over it. I don't know how long ago that yeah, was. Yeah, it's like a decade yeah. ago. Um, but um, when that blew up, um, that was kind of my, you know, well, you're done school now because what happened then is the the teachers were all suddenly left to fend for themselves and it got, there was a lot of backstabbing and shouting at each other and um, mm. upset people. Um, and then a lot of abuse stories and God, ugh, just like everything Came Which out. are still coming out. It's still coming out, and that's like a decade old. And um, and and then I was I could never make it in that style because I couldn't do a lot of the poses that you had to do to get certification. And that was when uh, my you know kind of well, huh? Uh, moment like what? Um, and people who just walked in who are ex ballerinas or gymnasts just walked in and went, oh yeah, uh, you know, scorpion pose. Yeah, but you just joined last week. I've been here yeah. for decades or a long time, felt like decades. And I guess you have had that kind of similar thing. That, that moment when kind of the bubble bursts of like, wait a minute. Certainly goes fla flaccid, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like the, what I can do physically is not a clear indication or what someone else can do physically is not a clear indication of like the depth of their practice, how long they've been teaching, practicing, like, and if you take it one step further, like what we can do as we age is going to go downhill, right? It's like, okay, well, so if not that, then what's the, the focus of my practice? What's the focus of my teaching? Mm. I think it's a, it's a big shift. For me, it was. And yeah. And I guess, I'm guessing through your, your time, you've, you've come to be, not maybe horrified is not the right word, but you've, you've, you've had to ask some really difficult questions in your, I guess, in your post-teenage into early yoga adulthood. <laughs> yeah, well, I think if, and some of that's just, I think me as a person, but also the, the social work background Mm. does definitely lend itself mm. to this whole idea of um, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. I don't need to know everything about yoga or life to be a teacher. But how do I, through a matter of like self-reflection and like putting professional and personal boundaries into what I do, how do I present people with something that is beneficial to them in the best way that I'm able without bullshitting them, basically, <laughs> without I'm, bullshitting I'm, myself? So that's, yeah. I'm sure, I think that's I'm sure you, you, you and I know a lot of yogis, and I'm sure if we dig deep enough, I'm sure we even probably know like, oh yeah, I was in that class. Yeah, um, probably. But I'm convinced that 99% of yoga people are trying to help. Like they're, yes. they're, they're trying to do good stuff. Yeah. And I, I say that again and again in the book because it's, yes, it was all do. done with the best of intentions. Like I didn't, I didn't set out to, to hurt anyone or like to be an asshole or to like think <laughs> I was better than anybody. No. It's, I mean, we, we all had childhoods. 
we all had imperfect parents and imperfect teachers and none of us get through it unscathed. And these things we develop to survive our childhood, which some of us have to develop way more than others, they become these things that later on in life can harm ourselves and others. And that's not because we're bad people, it's just because we're human. And while it's not our fault, it's, I believe, 100% our responsibility, especially if we put ourselves in a position to be at the front of the classroom, yeah. that we have to be aware of them and work on them in a way that they're less likely to harm other people. And that's- We don't have you know, to resolve everything. I'm waving the book around. I'm not sure. It looks <laughs> like it's um, reversed to me. I'm not sure. But anyway, so this yeah. you have to practice your mirror reading if you're looking at me. But- <laughs> I was given this book by somebody who's done at least five teacher trainings, two of mine. But in the teacher training that we shared this book were a bunch of newbies. And um, yeah. like this was their first teacher training. And what I took away from this is, as we just, you know, you just said, like most people in yoga and certainly teachers are trying to do good. But this, what you're proposing, and I, I think it's an incredibly positive but what you're proposing is that there are some big considerations. There are things which are not working. And there's anyone who's read yoga books in the last 10 years, like there's been a lot of scandals and sex scandals mm. and abuse. And, and you're rather than just going like, well, that's a problem. Really, you're going, there's another way of doing this. Yeah, that's, yeah, in a nutshell, you just summed in, it in up. Like, I think th there is another way that is not more or less yoga like it's I think that the yamas and niyamas are great but I think in and of themselves I mean I think that that's a lifetime of work <laughs> right yeah so in the meantime rather than just saying no harm can we whittle it down and maybe borrow from like some other traditions, therapeutic traditions, like social work traditions to just like help ourselves out? Because <laughs> I think so often, like, I know for me, when I, after I did my, my first teacher training, like I knew I wasn't ready, mm. but then also like you have to start somewhere, right? Which mm -hmm. I think is the biggest dilemma for anyone who starts teaching. And it's like, okay, well, I don't, like, I don't know all this, but I should. And a lot of the other teachers I've had, like, they seemed like they, they knew it all and they had all the answers. So without even really thinking about it, I just started faking it. And there you go. And that's, I was, I was given that as, I mean, my literally my first teacher training, the literal, the first teacher actually was on a pedestal, like this big mm. platform up the front. And there were 40 plus of us, maybe more. And, uh, you know, he could do and say zero wrong in, right. I think, all of our eyes. And he, I don't think he ever said, like, you know, uh, it's shining out of my every pore of my body. <laughs> But intrinsically or implicitly, somewhere there was that was given to us. And I was saying, you know, I, well, that's, that's the way he did it. That's clearly the way yoga teaching happens. And yeah. uh, that's what you're proposing. Again, that there's, there's, there's issues with that. And how did we get 100%. there? How did we like, get think, there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... It's almost like a little self mantra that I repeat to myself anytime I'm teaching is like, if I honestly know what the fuck I'm talking about, <laughs> I should be a hundred percent fine with someone disagreeing with it. Mm. Mm. Right? Like, if I'm not clinging to this idea of like, this is right and this is my self worth and this is me as a teacher, then like, oh, you think something different? Well, yeah, let's discuss it. Mm. Mm. Right, like it's yeah, it's cult like. Yeah. We, don't really, we don't get it's more. I mean, a cult's a strong word, um, but the teacher is either put 
on or puts themselves on or there's something in the water of cultures of yoga where this, I think, you know, from my time in Asia, uh, which is most of my life, this is a very Asian thing. Uh, mm. Parents parents do it, the Confucian model in China, the guru, uh, anybody in uh, senior or in a position of power is almost unquestionably uh, unquestioned. <laughs> They're just not huh, interesting. Questioned. And I, I, there's been books about kind of the transportation of this from Asia into the West. And we just went, that's the way yoga is. Um, Which I think has, maybe in the way, way long ago, and not to say that I ever think it's been perfect, but that like, yoga or like different traditions were practiced when you were studying under a teacher that was practicing for 50 years before they even started teaching. Yeah. Like that's totally different than someone who's done a 200 hour, maybe been practicing for five years. Yeah. And that's not to poo poo on, cause that, I mean, that's where I started, but like, it is totally a different situation. So for that, that more like modern setting of like, okay, like I'm, a, you know, around 40, like been practicing for 20 years, teaching for, I don't know, like 13. Um, I know some things. I also don't know a lot of things. Mm. So how do I, instead of being that unquestionable teacher, because that doesn't work in this situation and that's, nothing against me, nothing against the people who come to my classes. It's like, okay, how do I not put myself on a pedestal, but also dissuade other people from doing it? Which I think sometimes like we, we kind of brush aside, like all oh, people put themselves on pedestals. As humans, we are really great at putting people on pedestals. Put me like on it, a pedestal any time, please, yeah. Oh man, even if especially, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I love watching this in myself. It's like oh, someone's talking about taking people off the pedestals. Oh, I'm going to put them on a pedestal because <laughs> they're amazing. The yeah. <laughs> Until they do something wrong and then I'll tear them down. So like, how do we start to like really like refigure that whole dynamic? And I, I honestly think a lot of it starts with just admitting that we don't know everything, that we're human, that like, yeah. I can be wrong. I, you know, my idea of what yoga was five years ago is very different than what it is now. Like it's, it's constantly evolving. And that's the elephant in the changing. room, I guess, because yeah. it's, this is the yoga is, I mean, is a path to, uh, I was going to say Shavasana. Uh, that's not the, <laughs> it is, but Nirvana, Nirvana is where I was actually going or Shamadi, mm -hmm. you know, and if you've got Shamadi, well, then you can't be wrong because you're you got shamadi right right and um we that's such a beautiful thing to have oh, we all want this as adults you know yeah. you were held by mom but now mom's not holding you because well, in my case i'm bold and hairy um so not holding that but um we all kind of want this kind of mother's kind of womb nurturing and uh, mm. it's a lovely ideal but I think you know you give, as you're saying you give that to a human <laughs> that's a dangerous <laughs> cocktail um, yeah. and well, that's you, why you your book's so a, fascinating a lovely... sorry go ahead that's why your book's so fascinating oh. well I love what you bring up where again like how we said it's it's all good intentions it's mm. also in different ways like we're all just trying to get our needs met mm -hmm. right we're all just kind of trying to to find a place that where we can feel safe and be ourselves right and then in some cases like i know in my case especially and I, I talk about this again and again in the book to the point where it becomes kind of like a running joke <laughs> where it was like this will be the thing this will be it and like oh well, it, it wasn't. And also the way I tried to, to get it actually created the opposite, like in the, the chapter about dogma and, and being a very like authoritarian based teacher, mm. 
where it, it was like a warm blanket I could wrap around myself of like, I have the right answers. I'm above everybody. And this feels very, very safe. Yeah. And you that, can pretty much safe. say anything. Uh, what? Like, you can say pretty much anything. Like, you know, love oh. lavender on that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> take a couple of days off. Now everyone will amazingly go, yeah. well, okay. Well, cut out your well, nightshade vegetables. It'll do something. Yeah, you can say pretty much everything. Yeah. And I'm not sure I abused that, but I certainly, you know, like really, you're actually going to do what I just asked you to in, inside of me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so for new, new yoga teachers, which where I think this book goes, I, could, I don't think this should be 20 years in, like, oh crap, I've just been a guru for half my life. Yeah. This is, this is I, I'm giving this to people really, really on in their yoga careers. So they don't have to, you know, go through our traumatized teen story that you and I just mm. kind of discussed. And you put people through, you ask questions at the end of most chapters. Um, yes. How did you get- With the hope that if people like start to think and, and shift their thinking right. and go into the, those more like self-reflective places where it's like, maybe you won't have to go through all this. Right. Maybe you won't have to like find the woman who you put into a handstand when she shouldn't have been and she didn't want to be and apologize. Exactly. Right? Like you can avoid some of that, like mm. changing the culture, which I think is how it's, it's going to happen. It's, that's big. That's, yeah. that's, that's huge. We get, I mean, from just from the back of your book, we get so focused on learning we, about everything about there is to know about yoga that we forget to learn to skillfully how to teach these yes. things. And um, despite our best intentions, we fall into traps. What are, Tori, what are those traps as a seasoned Jedi master? If I use the Star Wars, <laughs> what are the traps that we fall into as teachers? Well, I think, well, one we've already discussed a little bit is that faking it. Mm. like fake it till you make it but then we for me I just got really great at faking it mm. where it's like I I don't know the answer to the thing this person asked but I can BS it a little bit and it'll sound good and they're gonna believe me because I'm at the front of the room which I think is a really kind of like insidious one that can get in there yeah. rather than saying I don't know but like we can find out or we can discuss it that's a definite trap I think um, another one, there's lots. Um, <laughs> we find a school of yoga that we really like. We find a group of people in that that we kind of resonate with. And maybe without even realizing it, it becomes this little click or maybe a big click. Like we were mm. talking about on Yasara of everyone agrees with everyone. Mm. And we're all doing the same thing. And it, I get like, it feels safe. It feels warm without really realizing that within that we're totally excluding other people. We're excluding mm. other opinions. We're excluding other life experiences that not only can be potentially harmful to those other people, but it also sells us completely short and our wisdom short where it's like, I'm only living from this one viewpoint. And as we saw with Anya Sara, like that's, that's not doable. It's not sustainable. Like inevitably that's going to crack. So like we need these other inputs. We need these other perspectives on reality. This is, like the, uh, this is the peacock. This is the Mayurasana, right? With yes. the tail with the thousands of eyes. Don't just be, I don't know, who's got one eye. I'm just thinking Lord of the Rings, Sauron. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah, not the hero of that story, right? There's someone in <laughs> yoga with one eye. There's yeah. got to be someone with one eye. I, yeah, I mean, it's just the third eye. Mm. Just, oh. <laughs> right. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think another big one kind of at the opposite side of the spectrum is it's really easy to get into people-pleasing as a yoga wow. teacher, mm -hmm. where, um, for me, for years, I equated um, being a good yoga teacher with people really, really liking me, which, mm. which is just, it's super easy to get into, right? Because it's like, well, it makes sense, right? <laughs> people like what I'm doing, and they like me, and they, they tell me nice things about myself. And so it doesn't matter if like, after teaching, say, three classes in a day, I am so burned out that I, like, I can't even look at my partner, let alone 
give them what they need to actually keep this personal relationship going. Yeah. Um, I tell this story in the book about when I started to realize that this wasn't sustainable, where, you know, like learning about everyone's lives and like caring about everyone. And even on this more energetic level, using how people viewed me in class as a way of almost like propping up my self-worth and that's how I got my human connection was through these people who are in a sense paying me for a service Mm. Mm. so giving them whatever they want whatever they need like all the foot rubs in shavasana and all of this and all of that (laughs) Uh, because it's not just like uh, it's a hard one to describe it's not just what we do or how we interact with people in class it's it's how we view them because they are not there to meet my emotional needs of need and belonging. I mean, we definitely like I get fed by teaching and it. it are, you, fills are we me saying, up. are we saying hmm. we get guruitis in yoga? <laughs> Maybe. Well, you know, the guru syndrome is so my early on, my favorite teachers were so charismatic yeah. People were really sexy as well, but they're generally really charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I am I am really wary of them now. Like I have, I am yeah. really, I'm really wary of the uber charismatic teacher. But it's not a gauge of anything apart from charisma. Mm. Yeah. It's to, to backtrack a, a little bit to... Cause I didn't quite finish my story about um, the, the people pleasing when I started to scale back on that, um, which is a little bit different than charisma. Like it's, it often go hand in hand, I think, like just all these little tricks we, we learn to kind of get people to like us. Um, when I started scaling back on that, there was this woman who had absolutely loved my classes and she just like, she brought me little gifts and she's like, you teach with so much love and your heart is so open. Mm. And when I started to just scale back a little bit, like I can't, I can't give people my all, like I need to keep some for myself. <laughs> it lasted, I think about three classes and she's like, I'm not coming anymore, mm. but you have no love to give anymore mm. so I'm gone <laughs> mm. yeah let's, we talk about boundaries in the book yeah. that's that's uh I mean the, one of the ones that early teachers on as you say were so keen to like oh they came to my class and they're gonna come yeah. back to my class then we start giving out our phone number to our students in case they're depressed or got a backache or and uh I always make students write up like a huge like probably overly thick list of your boundaries and, oh, that's amazing. Um, and that's what, well, that's one reason I like your book. Like you bet it's full of, t- certainly towards the end of your book, you got the whole chapter on um, saviorism. <laughs> saviorism. Saviorism, yeah. Stay in your lane. Tell, list out what you don't know. Uh, would you go to your, you know, I think like, would you go to your yoga teacher to have your teeth out uh, or yeah. have heart surgery? Yeah. Early on, I want to go, probably, they can probably pranayama that out or something. <laughs> Which can be viewed instead of something as like, right, like I, I need to own what I know, but also what I don't know. Like, it's incredibly freeing to not have to know everything as a yoga teacher. Like, oh, I have something to offer. I can't be all things to all people. Thank God. <laughs> I can just do what I do and share what I know. And that's going to grow and change. And that's all I need to do as a teacher. Like I don't have to be anything more than that. I just have to be honest about it. Do you think as a student, looking from the student's eyes, do you think this, and if it does, how affects the student's experience? If the teacher comes across as, you know, human rather than immortal almost. Hmm. Well, I've had some students who definitely didn't like it. Mm. Um, and that can be for reasons of like the whole, I think, idea of what 
a yoga teacher is in our culture. Like it's so ingrained that, and some people really want that. And as mm. I mean, as someone who teaches a lot of boundaries, um, I'm sure you know that's part of it is like part of having boundaries is having people react not well to them but knowing that that's not your fault right it's like okay well if you really really want the guru teacher I can't dissuade you from that I can't do anything about that all I can do is know that me being a good yoga teacher is not being that mm. um what I on the more positive side, I find often with students, there's almost like a, a sense of relief yes. where it was like, oh, here's this person and she's, yeah. she's just kind of being herself and teaching yoga. So can I just be myself and practice yoga? Like mm -hmm. I find that the more with time and as it sounds kind of funny, but like as I've gotten better at just being myself when I teach, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's a practice in and of itself, right? Right. We talk about um, being, you know, the oh, it's totally overused is be be authentic to yourself. Oh God, the That's A word. Like, <laughs> how can you be an inauthentic self? I mean, if you can, like, huh? It's like yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Huh? Uh, but we throw that around all the time. What I, one thing I've noticed is like when you come across as a normal person, the advanced, and I'm using huge air quotes here, yeah. like, well, if they're normal, where I, the only place I am going is normal as well. Yeah. <laughs> that brings them down like 5,000 like layers. Yeah. It brings the back of the class, you know, the people who don't think they're worthy of being normal. Like, oh, well, so it changes the whole culture of the. Yes. And that's what I pick up from your book also. Yeah. Where it's, it's actual equality, for lack of a better term, than like this hierarchy where we're all equal, we're all one, but I'm a little more one than you are. Yeah, I'm so at <laughs> one with the one that you need me to be like one with the big one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which I had a the a teacher i've studied with in india quite a bit and it's really like the first person to be like i am not your guru don't tell people i'm your guru you're not part of anything special here like stop it um <laughs> <laughs> but they, they talked quite a bit about consider it a blessing if you're not good on the path because if you're super good on the path and you reach like all the stones you can do all the poses and you become this very like celestial being you're never gonna and I, i'm getting into more like very like I mean, traditional yoga jargon here where it's like you're not you're never gonna wake up you're never gonna become enlightened you're never mm. going to actually like get to nirvana because you've gotten so good at this like step up step up step up step up where right. you're never gonna actually have the want or the the push to put all that aside yeah which is what's needed for actual yoga for this the is, actual practice this is tantra right uh this yeah. is uh you know this is what is enlightenment it's a crock of shit yeah. like, <laughs> how is that remotely enlightened and because you know to the often enlightenment is like a 1960s beatles movie <laughs> music videos like you know <laughs> no and no, yeah, but you look at, you know, I was just on the gram today and uh, there was literally somebody who looked like, uh, like the amount of um, filters on that photo to make them look godlike was ungodly. And, um, and uh, this is yoga, right? As you're saying, like, it's actually no different from where you probably began. And your book's kind of like that. It's a circle as well. Mm -hmm. It's very yogic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I try um, <laughs> which is the the big wonderful universal cosmic almost joke of it which is why I mean you gotta you gotta have humor like if you if you 
if your practice is sincere, I think inevitably you're going to end up laughing because <laughs> it looks, come on, yoga looks ridiculous. What do we think we're doing? We're yeah. seriously. <laughs> and to, to look back at like the serious stages and like the, all right, like I finally did the splits. Well, now what stages? Or like, oh, I'm never going to do the splits. Now what stages? Like it's, it's also wonderfully hilarious and perfect and mischievous in a way that. So make uh, sure your teacher has a huge sense of humor. Oh my God, yes. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, that's key. I mean, of <laughs> course, like you can be charismatic with a sense of humor, but also I think like humor in that way where it's like, I can tell you about ways that I've, I've messed up or I've hit walls and not in right. this way that makes me look great in this way that just shows you that I'm human and there's lessons to be learned all the yeah, time. Yeah, because the humor often is like, oh, look at me. Uh, I fell off the road sign in a one finger handstand by, ha, yeah. ha, ha, ha. <laughs> that's not funny. That's what are you doing a one finger handstand next to on a road sign for? Uh, but funny, ha, ha, like, as as you say, self-depreciating, humanizing. Yeah. And in that yeah. way that connects us. And I think that's one of my, my big points in the book is all these ways mm. I think we try to be good yoga teachers through these like manipulation, charisma, being the authority. They, they actually disconnect us from the people around us, from the people we're teaching. We're like real spontaneous humor. It comes from connecting with somebody like it's it's not something you necessarily plan ahead for like at this point in the class i will tell a joke <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it just it happens when we're we're in the moment and like oh like this person and i are feeding off each other in this way and just a giggle comes up yeah right which is i for me um the most beautiful part of teaching and why I still like community weekly classes are my absolute favorite because then like we, we get to know each other and there's this humor of like oh Tori remember that like time 10 years ago when you couldn't sit down for a month because you, you messed up your hamstrings or like oh remember that time like Jane where like you thought when I still said namaste at the end of classes, you thought I was saying Wednesday because classes were on Wednesday and you like couldn't figure mm. out why is this teacher chanting Wednesday at the end of classes? Like it's mm. human so this, connection is such a wonderful thing. I mean, you know, you, 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 you go to the dentist for your teeth, you go to the, the banker for some money, I guess, certainly as a mm. yoga teacher, uh, you go to the supermarket for some bananas you go to the yoga teacher for the, what do we go to yoga teachers for? Mm. But not everything. Yeah. Which is what we kind of thought we were doing. Yeah. I, my idea on that is we go to yoga teachers for, to suffer a little less. <laughs> Just one of the, the things in my teaching is like, I'm not trying to save anybody or change the world. If I can help people suffer a little less, that's, I'm good with that being my role in life. And it's honestly the, the point of the book is if I can help yoga teachers suffer a little less and maybe cause a little less suffering along the way. Yeah. That's, that's my end game. Cause we put ourselves into a crazy position. Don't we of trying oh. to be the, the new Jesus or whoever. Yeah. Which yeah. talk about crushing expectations that we'll never live up to. Mm. And that like, stuff, stuff to fail. Yeah. yeah, can easily lead to resenting ourselves, resenting others. Yeah, and you know, I see so many yoga teachers who've given up because they can't do the poses, or they can't yeah. be that messiah, or well, those are certainly two big ones which you know came to my mind reading through how not to be because there's no way you could be all that. Yeah, and I think it's a wonderful shift that's starting to happen in some corners of the yoga world, like in mine and in yours, where 
you do have people who've been teaching for a while who are writing books or running trainings being like, hey, you know, um, you don't have to be Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> And that's you're good. never going to be, and <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, right. Like that's going on the next teacher training T-shirt. I think. <laughs> Do it! Oh man, I love it. <laughs> so, if you had like Tori's wiseness uh, uh, from the wise old witch, from you know me and Tori, the Tori, the nineteen-year-old could have known. What would you? What would you say? What would you? What would you give the nineteen-year-old Tori who? who was back in the YMCA in those days. Mm. You don't have to try as hard as you think you do. <laughs> nice. At everything, you don't mm. have to try so hard. Mm. The big pose, the... Oh, the, the big pose, the big insight, the, the big life right? Mm, the superstar yoga life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Or the, for a while it was the, the superstar anti-yoga life, right? Where it's, <laughs> to hell with it I all. think sometimes rebellion just becomes the, the mirror of what we're rebelling against. Mm. Yeah. I like it. You can just ease up on yourself. Mm. Chilling out is the new advanced. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's, and Again, it's one of those kind of universal, mischievous truths of life. Like sometimes in trying super hard to get to this point that we think we need to get to or want to get to, we, we totally bypass the actual road to get there. Because we're so sure that this is the way. This is the mm. way I'm going to get to self-acceptance mm. is by like this hard practice and this like very like, uh, strict meditation practice and this and that and when on in looking down that one road that one path we miss all of these other turnoffs that maybe would lead us directly there or get us there a little bit faster like I I know it's definitely the the case for me well, and maybe that's just because I'm like getting middle-aged where it's like oh you know <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of layers we just drop we get to this point of like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yoga is not the the magic um, panacea. Yeah. The, it's and often it's sold uh, like that. Which is a whole other part of it, right? The mm. the selling and what we think we need to do to sell it, and often, I mean, let's just be honest: what does sell? In a sure. lot of cases. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Though, of course, there are other ways because I think people are very hungry to not see that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, we will all get to this. I mean, there's the ease, there's the, le the, the left and the right. I mean, you, you, you can go through the, the, uh, the hard path. It looks like Tori and I share in very different ways. Um, and the hard, you know, I'm, my big thing is variable anatomy. And often the hard path for the people who insist on doing the big poses is injury. And they come out, mm -hmm. you know, surgery in some cases. Um, and they eventually have to go, you know what? You know, bending backwards and touching my ankles. I have no idea where that got me. Um, and I'm not less or, or worse a yogi now. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Which did you find um, when you started learning about variable anatomy that that was the moment where it like blew apart like the oh my god there really there isn't one way physically for everyone so why would there be one way for anything else? <laughs> well, it totally. Like, yeah, I came from Anasar, which is like you know alignment on Red Bull, and then yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like uh, oh you can't do that and it's not because you're not trying and you can do that just because you're in the, in the dna lottery and you can do a you know a straight handstand well 
that's the case, well, then why are you my teacher? Because I can't do what you're doing. And why aren't you listening to me saying that I can't do that? It, it totally destroys the whole, almost. It took more, a couple of years for that to happen because I went, no, 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 no. Maybe I'm not practicing hard enough. Or, right. But eventually it just, you know, it's unavoidable. You know, you look at a ballerina and you look at a basketball player and you go, there's no way that the ballerina would become a basketball player. So why in yoga do we go just keep practicing and we'll all do all the poses in the book? So it's, that's- Yeah, we'll all put our this. foot behind our head and it'll be indicative of something great. <laughs> exactly. And kind of, uh, so, uh, I mean, we, we're running out of time. We're coming up for an hour, which- Oh, I mean, goodness. We have like 10 episodes of this. Um, but- <laughs> You, you, in your, in how not to teach yoga, which is really is how to teach yoga. You could almost take the knot out. Uh, it's a basic, yeah, it wouldn't be as fun then, I don't think. But. No, it's not as sexy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's so many lists in here um, of things to reflect on, Lori. Um, mm. And um, what, what should we leave people? What, what words of wisdom can we leave people uh, obviously, they, sh they should read it. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I am all cool with people lending copies to each other and e-sharing. I think like seldom in yoga do we earn as much as we deserve. I mean, like a lot of um, <laughs> altruistic fields. Mm. Um, so yeah, share it. I'm, I'm great with that. Um, I think... It's always good to ask ourselves why we want to teach yoga hmm. and being very honest and kind of going down the rabbit hole of like, hmm. well, why do I, well, why do I? And being very open to some of the, the feel good answers we get and inevitably the, the not so feel good answers that we'll get and having buttloads, 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 buttloads of compassion. Because if we're shaming ourselves for being honest about some of the reasons why we act the way we do, why we do what we do, like nothing's gonna change. Like that's, how we get to a lot of these kind of maladaptive behaviors like it's just shaming ourselves to be better inevitably leads to more of the same but really like having giving that gift to ourselves of holding a bit of space for is like if I had known better I would have done better like my intentions were always great I just didn't know there was another way right yeah so, and then backing that up with good support from community, like if, like, obviously I'm a big fan of therapy, if that's available to somebody, um, I always recommend that, but also just having like an honest community around you where it'd be like, yeah, like, so I, I realized I, um, when I see somebody who reminds me of myself in a yoga class, I kind of pick on them somebody who can hear that and be like, Oh, I can listen to you talk about that. Mm. Like when we can, where we can have these very honest discussions and, and have compassion for each other as well. Right. Mm. I think those would be my, my ending words of like, keep asking ourselves the question and so much compassion, especially if you hear that, if you're anything like me for like the first, how many years of my life, and you're like, yeah, yeah, compassion, whoopity-doo, self-love. I want to get it right. <laughs> Double down on the compassion. Like it's oh, it's it's like a Fake going against every apart. nerve ending in our body, but it's it's where we need to go. Because fake always falls apart. That's a quote, a good quote from the book somewhere. Oh, that is a good quote. <laughs> a good quote. Yeah. Sorry, it's been an absolute uh is we could we could we could like have 10 episodes of this but we got to stop somewhere um yeah, it's so enjoyable thank you so much where can we find you um because you uh, London, but uh, i think we should spell it properly so that people can find you yes um 
uh, on the, the interwebs, my website is torylunden.com. So that's T-O-R-I-L-U-N-D-E-N. So not at all like the city, uh, .com. Uh, maybe easier to remember uh, on Instagram, my handle is bad at yoga, one word. So it's bad at yoga. <laughs> you got a sense of humor. Yeah, I mean, when I realized, okay, I'm actually going to have to like start doing the social media and marketing myself and I can't do the fancy stuff. So why don't I just be upfront with that right from the beginning? I have to confess, I didn't notice. I thought that was some Sanskrit, like Badat. Or Tibetan or something. I've just the ongoing joke in my classes is like when I start a cult, it's gonna go from bad at yoga to badat yoga. Ah, that's what I had. That's where I was. So watch that space for when it happens, and then call me out on it or call me in because I'm gonna need it. In my yeah, those are. Two easiest ways to find me. I am on Facebook, uh, Tori London and Bad at Yoga, but I am not on there as much because Facebook is an interesting place and not always uh, in a way that promotes um, mental calm and clarity. Namaste to all of that. It's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Take care of yourself. And, yes, uh, you as well. Thank you so, so much. And it's she's wonderful. writing another book, apparently. So you might be back. Yes, a satire <laughs> down well, the pike. <laughs>